0: All right. good morning everyone. I want to invite you to keep your Bible open to Acts chapter 20. Last Sunday was Easter Sunday, and um, so this morning and for the next few weeks, we are going to um, look at what happened next. And um, we know that from Acts chapter 2, that Jesus, uh, Acts chapter 1 and 2, Jesus ascends and goes to the right hand of the Father, and that the Holy Spirit comes and the church is born. And... um, so I, I want to look at essential characteristics of uh, New Testament church and have us think about our lives and, and think about how are we doing today, how are we doing at the Malibu Gathering Church and as we look at Scripture and think about what it actually means to be a part of a church family. And um, I think it's really important. Whether uh, Malibu is your home or you are a senior and you're leaving Malibu and and you might not ever live here again, it's really important that we have an understanding of what I'm doing right now. Like why do we keep doing this every Sunday? Some person comes up here and we open up the Bible and what's the purpose of it? And what what I believe for my life and what I believe is healthy for everyone's life is that That my job is to help us together live out the gospel. And we do that by studying the Bible and loving Jesus Christ. So we're trying to come together. We're trying to learn what it means to live out the gospel by studying the Bible and by having the affections of our heart be aimed and directed towards Jesus Christ. And what happens is sometimes is that in church, we become driven by acquiring knowledge and just giving sermons, giving you information that, that sounds nice, all right? And so, and, and here's what I mean. Sometimes people will say, I really enjoyed the sermon. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and very, very kind words and thoughtful words. But here's what's important. If, if we're not living it out, so so What? Okay? So what? So, for example, when you get to heaven, there's no Bible trivia quiz. There's not a theology exam. That doesn't you don't get an extra little pin on your shirt for Bible knowledge. And what happens is, we have to think about this for a second. We have so much knowledge. And if you've been around church for a while, think about this. Pepperdine's a Christian university. Um you know a lot of people have been in church for a long time we have the internet you can google any Bible verse or any theology topic. we have knowledge at our fingertips in an instant and so the primary concern is not giving you more knowledge it's helping us live out the gospel for example it is far easier for you to learn about love it's it's far easier for you to memorize 1 Corinthians 13 that talks all about love. Sound like I'm in a tin can. It's far easier for you to learn about love than it is to love somebody. It is much easier for you to memorize love is patient, love is kind. You put it to a little song than it is to actually love somebody. It is far easier for you to learn about forgiveness to have knowledge about forgiveness, to be able to quote a Bible verse about forgiveness than it is to actually forgive someone that has hurt you. If you're married, think about how hard it can be to forgive your spouse when they hurt you. And the closer you are to people, the more you love people, and and their ability to hurt you increases, the harder it is to forgive. It's easy to learn about patience. Patience. I can give you knowledge and Bible verses about patience. It's really hard to be patient with people that make mistakes that are irritating to you. So as we look at the Bible this morning, my, my goal is not to fill your head with more knowledge. It's to help us understand how do we actually live out the gospel? How do we actually do this? Not primarily focused about giving you more head knowledge. It's how do we live it out. And so this morning, we're going to talk about uh, leadership. And I know that even when I say that word leadership, maybe a lot of people are like, I'm not a leader. Um, I'm I'm just kind of barely holding on in life. And um, I'm just not all that interested. Well, I I think you're, you're misunderstood. And because let me just give you a couple of examples of why leadership is important no matter who you are is that leadership means you care about people take for example um, just a a home a a family husband wife they have kids if if mom and dad are not committed to raising their kids in a way that will be honoring to Christ there something happens so anytime you have a a gathering of people a a community of people um, leadership means that we we are caring for one another and so it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you have a title or no title. Leadership means that you actually care and love people outside of yourself. And um, I was reading this week um, an article, I think it was about 10 years ago, that uh, Tim Keller wrote, and they did it part of a leadership development at their church. And he talked about the idea of leadership with these two words. And the two words are steward leadership steward leadership. And, and what he does, really interesting, he goes back and, and during ancient times, during New Testament times, and he looks at the word in a way that Jesus uses the word and applies it to leadership. And, and here's the basic idea is this, is that stewards in, old, in, in New Testament times, in ancient times, stewards were often slaves. They were often slaves who oversaw large plantations or large estates. So they would be responsible for the vineyard, how the houses ran, all these different aspects of the the estate. They were a house manager. They were the overseer. But they were also a slave. And so here's this, this word captures something really important. Number one, that if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, then Jesus Christ is your master. That he is the one who has... Unconditional control over our lives. At the same time, he calls us to be responsible for the resources he gives us. So, going all the way back into Genesis, the Bible says that we are responsible, we are stewards of God's creation, that we are to take care of the earth. But also, then, as we get into New Testament times, the idea of, is this. Is that we are to be stewards of one another's lives; that we are to be caretakers of each other's lives, and in that sense, we are all have a leadership responsibility. And what happens is, we we become so self-focused, we become so preoccupied with our own problems that we can't understand and see other people around us. In fact, I was a friend of mine. Uh, Was laughing a few weeks ago, and I think he was kind of half joking about himself, but he made the comment uh, of everyone else's problems seem so simple and easy compared to my own. And he was kind of—he was—it was was a little bit of a self-reflective comment. I think it's true. The difference between what he said and what most of us do and live is we can't even see that about ourselves. All we see is our problems, and we can't see what's going on in other people's lives. And so the idea of steward leadership is this. And this applies to everyone. doesn't matter if you're young or old. It's the idea of this, is that number one, that Jesus Christ is your master, that we serve him. If you are a, if you are a Christian, that we have an unconditional devotion to him. At the same time, though, then we are responsible for each other's lives, that we are responsible for one another's, well-beings. And so the leadership is this, and this is true in the church, that, that the church rises and grows and has health or it shrinks and contracts and becomes unhealthy based on leadership. Not just Not just me although the pastor has a significant role in that, but in each other's lives, that we are looking at each other's lives, that we are caring for one another's lives. And so this morning in, in Acts chapter 20, Paul um, gives this speech, and it's the only speech that Paul gives to other Christians. All of his other speeches are speeches that he, that he gives to non-believers, and he's trying to persuade them that the gospel is true. In this speech, he's, he gathers together leaders in the church, and gives them a talk. And so um, the exact historical context is this, is that there are elders, these leaders in the church from Ephesus, and Paul's gonna come and speak to them. But there are significant truths for all of us to understand um, how to be healthy. So let me go back and connect one last thought with the beginning. Think about the New Testament church. Acts chapter 2 it describes what the church was like. How many sermons did they hear? One. They heard one sermon from Peter and all these radical things start happening. So based on one, like how many sermons have you heard in your life? Like ad nauseum, like just stop. Like just too much. Too many sermons, too much talking. And I think it's true. They heard one sermon and people's lives were radically changed. So it's almost this, like stop the information, live, live it out. Make it happen. Make these things that um, we're going to talk about this morning, make them a part of your life. I, I'm not giving you a good sermon if I just give you lots of information and says, oh, that's nice, that's neat. The goal is for it to change your life because we're studying the Bible and because the affections of your heart are on Jesus Christ. And so we have, to make that, we have to make that assertion that that is the goal. That is my goal. It's not to, to, to uh, just pass on more information. So number one, we'll, we'll look at a short list of characteristics of leaders, of people who care about other people. Now, for example, we've got leaders right now in um, the trailer over there they're leading little babies, and little, little, little kids. But what they're doing is they're taking responsibility. We've got elementary kids right now, and there's someone up there is taking responsibility for them. There's middle school kids in high school. There's someone taking responsibility for them. There's someone in the church taking responsibility for the financial health of the church. There's people who take responsibility for prayer afterwards. So the point is this, is that we are a community of people that are not self-focused. If you're self-focused, you're just knowledge-focused. Here's the list. Number one, steward leaders are alert to their own lives. So we have to, I'll just show you um, Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Paul says this, and he's speaking to other leaders in the church. He says, pay attention to yourself. Chapter 20, verse 31. Paul says, therefore be alert. So there's one aspect to your life that is really, really important for you to understand. Is you have to be alert to your own life. What, and, and think of it this way. What are the things in your life that create discouragement? What are the things in your life that steal joy from your life? And think about these things. What are the things that create temptations in your life? Tune into your life. What are the things that prevent you from caring about other people? What what are the things in your life that make you just so self-centered? What are the things in your life that make you go negative all the time? What are the things in your life that make you gossip? How can we be in church for year after year after year and decade after decade for some people... And we still go negative consistently. We still gossip. We still struggle with these things when we have massive amounts of knowledge about it. Paul is saying to the leaders, "You need to be alert. You need to be aware of what's going on in your life. You need to be aware of things that create fear in your life." Talk to uh, to guys in their 20s many times who uh, who struggle with, uh, with living a morally pure life. And I would say things, okay well, let's just talk for a second and I would say let's just this get as specific as we can. When do you struggle with moral impurity? Well, right after work when I get home and all my roommates are gone okay so now we know this about you okay so I'm This is just conversations I've had over the years. You think about your life. okay? so let's do this. Let's not have you go home right after work when you're by yourself. Go to the gym, go work out, go do something where you're not in that position. So here's what I'm saying to you. Think about your life. Think about things that create discouragement in your life. Think about things that create fear and and all these things that prevent you from caring about other people. And what Paul says then is this, is that when you do that, you will then begin to develop consistency in your life. That you will begin to develop a godly character in your life that is consistent, not that's inconsistent. That's not this pattern of your life that's up down up down up down up down. Be alert to your life and then he says that verse 18 Verse 18 says this. "Uh, And when they came to him, he said to them, he's talking about the elders, you yourselves know how I lived among you. So Paul is saying this to the leaders. You know my life. You know what my life has been like when for the last three years. Now you can get to know um, somebody quite well over a three-year period of time. Paul's life was consistent over this time because he was aware of Things that can derail him. That's why Paul writes letters and he, and he wrote to the Ephesians, um, who that's the man he's talking about here. At the end of uh, the book of Ephesians, at the end of his letter, he writes about spiritual warfare. And he, he uses a military terminology to alert you to the significance of what's going on and how important it is that you're alert to yourself. How important it is that you develop consistent in your life ask yourself this what, what is going on in your life that prevents you from consistency from developing God like character from developing habits in your life that are Christ like why are you so inconsistent why are you up and down well part of the problem is this is a lack of attentiveness to your own life One guy said, uh, John Owen, really old Puritan pastor, said this, Every act of sin is a fruit of being tired of God. Every act of sin is a fruit of being tired of God. So when I say be alert, and Paul says be alert to yourself, what are, again, last thing, moving on, what are the things that create discouragement in your life, that create doubt in your life? That God is faithful, that God is good, that God wants to bring blessing into your life. That's number one. Number two, steward leaders are alert to other people. Verse 19 says this, Serving the Lord with all humility, with tears. Now he's going to mention tears two times. Um, In verse 19, and then he says in verse 31 again, He says this, I did not, uh, verse 31, therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night and day to admonish every one of you with tears. Now, what's going, the Apostle, now, if you've been around church for a little while and and studied the Bible, at least for me, when I think of the Apostle Paul, I can think about 10 words before tears when I think of the Apostle Paul. It kind of just like, can be like just a hard guy, like just, Paul, you're not very nice most of the time but he says this tears and i started thinking about that how is that honestly a a part of our church that we are aware of people and their sorrows and the things they are going to that you love that number one do you love anyone enough besides yourself that when someone else is going through a hard time that it affects you that way and i just don't know the answer to that what i do know though is yesterday and I was, I was preparing a little bit and somehow I got um, distracted online and I came across a couple of uh, videos and it was, the, I don't know the exact title, but it was something along the lines of um, Behind the Scenes of Rock Bands. And um, <laughs> so, that's <laughs> what the internet does, right? The first band that I, I listened to was the band called Sublime that was, uh, I think, popular in, in the 90s. And um, the lead singer um, uh, accidentally killed himself, I think it was accidentally, on heroin. And um, what was interesting to me, or my takeaway, and what caught my attention of this was just um, the humanity that became evident. And they, talk, they interviewed his wife, and they interviewed his friends, and they talked about how his, um, his newborn baby boy would not ever experience his dad. And what, behind, what was behind that that made me keep watching was the sorrow. That what, what was clear is they, I don't remember the man's name, they loved this guy. That they genuinely loved this guy. And then the next band I, I, I caught and I had to turn off was um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And one of their band members died of a heroin overdose. And it was almost the exact same thing. And I was like, Man, how many rock and roll stories? Are they like all the same? And here's what they say. We're going to party harder than anyone else. And then someone dies. And then they are filled with grief and sorrow. And I thought, I, I wonder if these guys who are rock and roll stars and party and take drugs and just do, take debauchery to its highest level, Right? Um, But my sense was this, that they loved each other. That in the midst of their debauchery, okay, we just put that over there for a sec, they genuinely loved one another. And I'm like, I just don't know if that even exists in the Church of Jesus Christ. We'd rather just slander people and go negative and look at everyone else's problems and be like, boy, I wish they could be like me. I've got life figured out. And I'm like, I, I think we have to really ask ourselves... Are we even aware of problems going on in one another's lives? Are we too self-focused? Are we too preoccupied? And it it helps us because when we look and we see the church throughout Acts, we see one one of the most clear evidence of a New Testament church is that people loved one another, that people made sacrifices for one another. And I just wonder if we're so preoccupied and so busy and want to have fun and want to go on to the next thing and want to work really hard so we can play really hard that all we can do is just keep going on to the next thing and paul says this that leaders are alert to others that, that you are aware of what's going on in people's lives that we love one another number three these are all things that the Apostle Paul is encouraging to happen within the church. And these are things that we want to encourage within our church, that we're self-aware, that we're others-aware. Number three, he talks about endurance. Endurance, that, that leaders have endurance. And please, again, don't... You have to think of yourself, everyone here, as having some way, some role of leadership. Leadership. So we all need to think about endurance. Verse 19 says this, uh, Serving the Lord with all humility, with tears, and with trials that happened to me. Uh, And then he says in verse 22 and 23, And now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to lead him to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and affliction await me. Trials, affliction, and prison are what is coming on, on, uh, on the horizon for the Apostle Paul. And we think about this, and, and we just had um, you know, a group of you that are seniors, and some of you have plans for your future, some of you don't. But here's one thing I can tell you that life is filled with challenges. And some of you, some of you might have a plan, detailed plan, and it might work out perfectly, and you might get married, and you might have two healthy kids, and they make lots of money, and just life just goes. Some of you, it's not going to go that way. And I'm telling you right now, ahead of time, that there will be real challenges, that there will be things that happen in your life that are hard and leaders have endurance, leaders don't quit, leaders don't just give up because life gets hard. I can remember um, uh, when I graduated from college and uh, I decided that uh, I was going to go work with Young Life uh, up in Port in Washington and um, the desire to quit and walk away even occasionally to think about just like this Christianity stuff. I was more confused after I graduated. I graduated with a degree in religion and theological studies. And I, after my college years, my early 20s, I had to wrestle through things. And you know what? I didn't have any friends. My friends were teenagers and people in their 40s who seemed really, really old to me at that time. (laughs) Right? And I'm 46 now. So I was like, 22 And I would hang out with 13 and 14-year-olds or married guys with kids. And life was just hard. It was not fun. You go from college, it's like fun, just fun times, (laughs) to 13-year-olds and old people. (laughs) But, But you can't quit. You cannot give up. Some of you might get married and a year later you're thinking what in the world did I just do why did I? you cannot quit you you'll, there, there will be times when you feel like you want to ship your kids off to somewhere far away you don't get to you just don't get to you're gonna to want to quit and move churches you're gonna to want to quit your job and move on to the next thing and I'm not saying there are times when you need to move on but I'm gonna tell you the temptation to give up on people the temptation to give up on people is real. And you want to move on. And the Apostle Paul says that we are to be people who have endurance. And the reason why you can develop endurance is when you know the purpose of your life. So next is this. That the Apostle Paul gives us a clear purpose to our lives. Look at verse 24. He says this, But I do not account my life of any value, that means he understands, as I said in the beginning, that Jesus Christ is his master, that Jesus Christ is his Lord. He says, I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only, here's his purpose, I may finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus. Endurance comes when you have a clear purpose and that is this, you are faithful to the end, that you remain faithful to your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That trials come, that afflictions come, but the essential mark of a true follower of Jesus Christ is you persevere, that you have endurance, that you don't give up. Next, another significant trait, and this is an interesting one in the midst of the others, is this, is generosity generosity chapter 20 verse 33 says this i coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel there's something that's really significant about our lives and about money and the role money plays paul says this to the other leaders that my ministry was not defined by money Verse 34, you yourselves know that these hands minister to my necessities and those who are with me. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. So whatever your job is, make a commitment to do your work unto the Lord, that you work hard, That, that, that doing your work with integrity is an essential part of you living out the gospel. And then he says this, these are the words of Jesus Christ. It's more blessed to give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And there's this, these three little words that are important. Well, help the weak. To help the weak. That there, that there's to be a part of our financial generosity that we are giving to help the weak, to help people who are going through hard times. So how we live our lives matters. The Apostle Paul is encouraging us to put into practice. And that's what James writes, that, that real faith is lived out. And we're going to look more at, um, more at different aspects of the church and how they are to be put into practice. So how, how can you put into practice this idea of leadership? It means that you, you take some part of your day and you're alert to things that can take you off of Jesus Christ. Be alert to the things you take in. What, what are the things you're allowing in? Because they're going to work itself and then come back out. Are you allowing negative things, dark things, things that are going to distract you from Christ? Well, why? And if you are, watch, Stop. Just like, stop, stop doing that. The reason why you're so inconsistent in your life is you don't stop. And so in the beginning I said this, the goal of me standing up here is to help you live out the gospel. How? By studying the Bible and loving Jesus Christ. So the affections of your heart are directed to Jesus Christ. How do you put into practice what I'm saying right now? Are there people in your life that are struggling right now? Make a commitment to pray for them. Make a commitment to reach out to them and just be a friend. I'm, I'm not looking to create some new structure or new, some ministry or some new program or some new thing that you're going to sign up for. I'm, I'm asking you to, to, in your own world, we all have our little worlds, Monday through Friday. In your world, we all have, well, we don't all, but many of us have marriages and kids. In your family, Be a leader in your family. Look to the needs of people in your family. Be attuned to the needs of your kids. Be attuned to your roommates, to people in your work. Pay pay attention to the words that come out of your mouth. Are your words building people up? Are you stuck in this pattern of, of negativity? We'll look more next time at what Paul says that what are the things that should be coming out of our mouth? What are the things um, that we should be communicating? And think of it this way. Steward leadership is this, is that if this is your home church, you have a responsibility to make this be a healthy church. You are, n- there, you are not called to be a passive consumer who does nothing. All believers in Jesus Christ are steward leaders, which means this, Jesus Christ is our master. He has given us, what has he given us? Well, if you look around, all the people here, this is who he's given us. This is our church family. This is it. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you has got to look around like, hey, this is, this is who we are, right? You don't get it. Listen, immaturity is you keep changing. You just keep changing. New church, new church, new church. You know, you don't do that in your marriage, I hope. You just don't get to find a new wife because your wife's bugging you for a day. You don't get to change your kids. This is who you get. This is who you get. Be faithful. Have endurance. Look to the needs of others. Be faithful. Invest in other people's lives. Pray for them. Speak gospel truth into their lives. Build people up. There's enough negativity, there's enough crap in this world, there's enough hard things in this world that we need people on our side supporting one another, loving each other, building each other up. That's how we endure. That's how um, we are a gospel-centered church when Jesus Christ is our master, when we love other people, when we put into practice the things that Jesus tells us. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we would be a family of people who are not seeking more knowledge, more information. I pray that our focus would be on living life well, that we would be living out the gospel, that we would be living out our relationship with you. Father, we need your help, and we know that in Acts chapter 2 that you give us your Holy Spirit, and we are... 100% dependent upon your spirit in our lives to remain faithful, to have endurance in our lives because the flesh is weak. We need your spirit, Father. I pray that as we finish in worship, that we would take a minute and just reflect and think about things in our lives. That we would self-reflect: are there things, are there choices we need to make in our life? Are there changes that we need to make in our life? that are preventing us from being consistent in our walk with you. Father, I pray your spirit would reveal things in our life that need to be changed, that you would lead us to repentance, that we would leave here with joy, knowing that you love us and that we're accepted by you. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.